0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: to be listening to this by demand. I just want to bless you in the name that's higher above every other name, the wonderful name of Jesus. It's so great to be with you again, and I just want to greet all of our listening audience on Reaching Out Radio uh, across the country of the United States of America, where I was born and raised and where I'm broadcasting from right now, but also I want to welcome All of our listening audience uh, around the globe, including the great continent of Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe, uh, Canada, which is another part of North America, uh, across South America, we just want to bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. And wherever else that I might have not mentioned and you're listening from, What a great privilege it is to have have you with us on this night. Tonight I want to talk about something that I think uh, pertains to everybody, no matter where you're living, no matter what your circumstance. In a world that is rife with offering uh, confusing advertisements for quickie fixes, for anything from a growing bunion all the way to a balding head, one has to wonder, how in the world do I know what is really going to work? On a much deeper level, however, there are multitudes of ideologies, philosophies, and sages claiming to know the answers most important to human beings all around the world. These universal questions are, who am I? What is my purpose in life? How do I successfully navigate the most difficult journeys in my life? And finally, with all the many paths available to me, how do I know which one to choose? There was a time recorded in the New Testament where many of Jesus' wider family of followers decided to leave him. Jesus turned to his hand-picked 12 disciples and inquired of them, Do you also want to go away? Peter, being one of the closest to the master and the spokesman for the group, replied, Lord, to whom or where, where shall we go? You're the only one who has the words of eternal life. I want you to just listen with me for the next maybe 50 minutes or so. And we're going to talk about Jesus Christ being only hope. Why don't we just close our eyes? If you can, if not, just bow your head. And if you can't, that's okay. Just listen. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head. And I'm going to pray for all of us as we listen to this very important word tonight. Heavenly Father, we just approach your name in the name that's above every other name. The matchless name of Jesus, your son. And I want to thank you, Lord God, for being so real, for being so caring, for being so powerful, for loving us so much. No matter where we find ourselves, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the condition, whether we've been uh, seeking after relationship with you or not, God, your heart is seeking us, and you want us to walk into the destiny and the purpose that you put us on this earth for. Father, I dedicate the remaining portion of this hour to you. I'm asking you to please be glorified in everything that is about to be said and done. I'm not interested that the people remember my name. What I want them to do is remember your name, remember your holiness, remember your awesomeness, remember your glory, remember how great you are, Father, how real you are. And at the end of the day, the only hope that we all have is in Jesus. That's it. And that's enough. That is so much. And I pray that you would help me by the power of your Holy Spirit to make this come alive. We know that your word does not need anointing. Your word is already anointed. But anoint your handmaiden that's going to deliver this word so that at the end of the day, you be glorified, you be honored, and that men and women will be drawn to you. Those that know you, they'd be drawn closer. And those who don't know you would come to faith in Jesus Christ we come against every distraction tonight or whatever time somebody might be listening to this message we come against distractions we come against any hindrances any blockages that would keep their minds from really focusing on the word that you want to bring tonight so father we just dedicate this time to you and i ask that you will be glorified in jesus name amen so you know I I really believe that as Christians, we need to be very relevant. I'm working on a website right now. It's not available to the public yet, but it's called Relevant Christian. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to be very relevant to the day and the hour that we're living in. Our God is a very relevant God. I remember that when the great Moses was taken to be with the Lord, and he had crossed over from life into death. The Bible says, without missing a beat, Moses is now gone, so now Joshua. And the reason that that is is because God is very relevant. He's very very on time. He's very much with what is happening now. Moses led the people of Israel when he was alive. He could not lead them when he was dead. And so they needed a new leader. And so God went from caring for the great man of God that he used, Moses, and he says, okay, now I want you to look to the new leader, Joshua. And I just said all of that just to say that God is a very relevant God. He's a very on-time God. He's a very now God. And so I'm going to talk about hope uh, is also talking about what we're experiencing as a nation, as, as a, a, a continent, as a, a, a part of the world. We've all been experiencing this thing called COVID. And so when we talk about Jesus Christ being our only hope, Also, in light of what we're all experiencing, no matter where you're living, some of us to a greater extent, some of us to a lesser one, we've still been somehow having to deal with this COVID coronavirus. And I want to tell you a little bit of what's going on. I'm going to read to you a portion from COVID's Other Casualties from Routers Investigates. This was done on April the 3rd, 2020, so it's very relevant just several months back, but it's still in this year. And this is um, the other casualties that are taking place besides just COVID or even the worst part of COVID if somebody passes from COVID. But just to encourage my listening audience, most people around the world have not died from COVID-19. So that is a plus, that's a benefit. Out of all the people who have um, been found positive in testing for COVID, only uh, 99.9% of them have gotten well. So that means we're talking about less, much less than 1% of people that were afflicted with COVID actually passed from COVID. So that's a positive thing. But let's just talk about quickly, since we're talking about hope, we're talking about what's going on in our world today. Let's talk about some of the other casualties, according to routers um, and that news format. What what are some of the other casualties? I'm going to read verbatim. It's the most dramatic government intervention into our lives since World War II. To fight the coronavirus, virus outbreak, governments across the globe have closed schools, travel, and businesses, big and small. Many observers have fretted about the economic cost of throwing millions of people out of work and millions of students out of school. Now, three weeks after the United States and other countries took sweeping suppression steps that could last months or more, some public health specialists are exploring a different consequence of the mass shutdown, the thousands of deaths likely to arise unrelated to the disease itself. The longer the suppression lasts, history shows the worse such outcomes will be. A surge of unemployment in 1982 cut the lifespan of Americans by a collective two to three million years, researchers found. During the last recession, from 2007 to 2009, the bleak job market helped spike suicide rates in the United States and Europe, claiming the lives of 10,000 more people than prior to the shutdown or the downturn. This time, such effects could be even deeper in the weeks months and years ahead, if, as many businesses and political leaders are warning, the economy crashes and unemployment skyrockets to historic levels. Already, there are reports that isolation measures are triggering more domestic violence in some areas. Prolonged school closings are preventing special needs children from receiving treatment and could Uh, presage a rise in dropouts and delinquency. Public health centers will lose funding, causing a decline in their services and the health of their communities. A surge in unemployment to 20%, a forecast now common in Western economies could cause an additional 20,000 suicides in Europe and the United States among those out of work Hi, everybody, this is your sister Pearl again, I was knocked out and I'm so, so sorry, my humblest apologies, but I'm back with you. So now I'm going to pick up where I left off. I was talking about the, the suicide among police officers and how that has increased. Unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 and because of the, um, the death of George Floyd and then all of the rioting and all of the people, you know, being very, a lot of people, not everybody, because I'm I'm not among that number. I actually appreciate our law enforcement men and women. I thank God for them, because I know the majority of them do a fantastic job, and they lay down their life. They're willing to lay down their life, put their life on the line uh, every day that they go out to work. So I'm very, very appreciative. I know that most of them, The great majority of them are just some of the finest people you'll ever meet in this world. But anyway, um, I just wanted to say that these are some of the effects of COVID that has the indirect effects, not from the virus, but from the way that things have been shut down, the the way that everything has been just topsy-turvy. Then in the church world, we have a segment in the church previously known as the emergent church and now answering to the name of the progressive church that is bent on being woke. They claim to, of course, have received new enlightenment that they are all-inclusive in their approach to the gospel. When I say all-inclusive, I specifically mean just that, inclusive of all types of sin and perversion. However, they feel that they not the Christians holding to the truth of the Gospels, but they feel that they are more caring for the poor and they're more deeply concerned with social justice and saving Mother Earth. I just want to put in there that social justice is not synonymous with biblical justice. The Bible talks about justice. We wouldn't even have the term justice if we did not have God's word. So people that don't know God, people that are not basing their lives on the principles of Jesus Christ and the teachings of God that are made known to us in the Holy Bible, don't really understand. And so social justice is not the true justice. It is a man-made version of justice that people come up with when they don't really want to bow their knee in submission and their lives in subjection and submission to Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, social justice at the end of the day is not really just. It's very unjust. Just look at Uh, socialist countries around the world, and you'll see how just their social justice is. It's a fraud. It's a fake. It's not real. So going back to the woke church right now, I refer to the woke church briefly only due to the sad reality that all claiming to be woke are among the most spiritually confused, blind, and in a spiritual comatose condition. And at the worst possible time ever, right now in our world, everyone who claims to be a follower of Christ should be not uh, only spiritually awake and aware of the time that we're living in, but at the ready to face whatever challenge is certain to come our way. And believe me, there's challenges. So with the world seemingly gone mad, I just want to to really bring a little bit of understanding. I mentioned the woke church, especially because of the promoters of this heretical and extremely dangerous group it's causing so much tremendous confusion to many who are weak and bereft of biblical understanding. In other words, those prone to cater to their lowest carnal appetites are swiftly seduced into the woke church. Number one, they feel They're more intellectually gifted because they question the deeper things of God that they don't understand. And then secondly, they feel more loving and freed up to engage in all sorts of perversion, openly parading their pride and rebellion while still clinging to the title. So with the world seemingly gone mad, and with a sizable segment of those claiming to be a part of the church, where does this lead the person who sincerely does not really know what to think or do in our present situation? Then there's the question of a vaccination, which Bill Gates and his wife, Melinda, are deeply engaged in mandating globally with seemingly very little pushback despite the fact that neither one of these individuals, neither Bill nor his wife, Melinda, has any medical training whatsoever. This is incredulous. And finally, you have the great majority of the churches, which apparently are being led by their mandated government regulations. Even now, most churches in my city of New York, who have opened back, are only allowing a very limited amount of their congregants at any given time. We should all know by now that as much as we loved being in a church setting, we cannot nor should we solely depend on being with our church family or being in a church setting to feel connected to God. Just to give you a quick example, I'm going to read just a little bit from a a, a document that was given to the United Church of Christ by their leadership. And just to give you an idea, now that they've got their churches back open to a limited um, percentage, let me just give you an idea of what that is going to look like, what it does look like. So now, And this is stage four, by the way. This is reopening phase four. Okay, phase four. Here it goes. In person is worship limited. Worship is limited to 10 to 15 people while maintaining six feet between individuals in each direction. And your sanctuary must be at least 540 square feet. Mask must be worn by everyone entering the building. They continue online worship recording. No congregational singing. No choir singing. Time with the children, where children come forward. If the leader can speak to children while they remain safely with their family, this version of a time with the children is acceptable. No nursery provided. No passing the peace. That's like communion. Or, you know, shaking hands. Alternative method for offering collection. They encourage online giving. No fellowship hour. They have to have an alternative method for communion. All Bible studies board and committee meetings will be online only. And the church office will remain closed. That was phase four. Okay, that was phase four. So just to give you an idea, this is what's going on in the churches. So I go back to say, I repeat, So we should all know by now that as much as we love being in a church setting, we cannot nor should we solely depend on being with our church family or being in a church setting to feel connected to God. Jesus, now we're going to get into the word, is the only one who will never leave or forsake us. This is the best time ever to strengthen our relationship with Christ. Or if we don't have one, to make sure that we intentionally seek to know the Lord. And who is Jesus, by the way? Jesus is the Savior of the world, the only genuine hope that you and I have. Outside of Jesus Christ, there is a whole lot of fake help. But it is exactly that. It's not real is disingenuous and at the end of the day, cannot help you, cannot help me. I find it amazing that many of the social media platforms are now advertising Asian beaded bracelets. And they're telling the people, you know, in this long elaborate story, how that, you know, the person was doing terrible, they were down in their luck, and then all of a sudden they somebody gave them a a special beaded bracelet. They put on the bracelet. The next thing you know, their life turned around. Things started to change. Money started to come into their hands. Their businesses flourished. Uh, They met the love of their lives. They went on vacation. Then they lost the bracelet, and then their life went bad again. Then they had to, to purchase another bracelet. And if it's not bracelets, then they tell you about crystals, or amulets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is fake. This is not real. This is not legit. This is phony. The only real hope in this world is Jesus. You and I who know and love the Lord, we're positioned for greatness, even right now. We have hope even right now because we have hope even when the wealthiest people in our world who are void of a relationship with Christ, they're searching for what you and I already have, and he is Christ, the hope of glory. The word of God says it like this in Colossians chapter one, verse twenty seven, to whom God was pleased to make known. What is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. My, my, my. This is what is important. Now, when we talk about hope, I like not to assume that we all understand what it means to have hope. So let's let's just take a few minutes and look at what defines the word hope. Hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. He looked, for example, I'm going to give you a sentence. He looked through her belongings in the hope of coming across some information. Hope means aspiration. It's similar to a a, a desire, a wish, an expectation an ambition that you would hope for, an aim, a plan, a dream, longing, yearning, craving. We used to say it's a feeling of trust. If you want something to happen, or you want something to take place, you would say, I hope that this would happen. I hope that this would take place. Hope means to anticipate. I have a hope for the future. I expect something. I look for something. I wait for something. I'm hopeful of something. Here's the bottom line. There's so much more to life than what many people in this world are experiencing. Jesus is our hope, not anyone else. We're coming up to elections in the United States of America. And due to the fact that we are who we are, the eyes of the entire world are upon us. Whoever we have leading in the White House does not just affect Americans, but can have an indirect effect on most of the other nations across the globe. Now I know who I'm going to vote for. I'm going to vote policies. At the end of the day, that is what matters. I'm not voting for somebody's personality. I'm going to vote for the policies that they're going to put in. I will vote for the person whom I believe will put in place the best policies for the welfare of the nation, my family, and fellow Americans. And myself, of course. However, at the end of the day, my eyes are not looking much higher than eyes are not looking, at the end of the day, on a human man or woman. okay, I'm looking to God to take care of me. As much as I'm going to vote for somebody, my vote is first cast on God. And the Bible has clearly instructed me that I am not to place my trust in just mere flesh, not even in my own flesh, not even in the flesh of my closest friends and companions. The Bible says in Psalm 146, verses 3 to 4, do not trust in princes. Don't trust in mortal man in whom there is no salvation. His spirit departs. He returns to the earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. How blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope, we're talking about hope tonight, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Now, this is what it's all about. Our hope has got to be solidly placed on the Lord Jesus Christ not on anything else. Our expectation has to be on him. And you might say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were just talking about COVID and suicides, and you were talking about how a lot of the law um, enforcers are committing suicide, and uh, it's rising, unfortunately, It's rising only among those that really don't know Jesus. Because law enforcers, uh, policemen, policewomen that know the Lord, their hope is in God. Their hope is in Jesus. Anybody, no matter what their occupation is, in these days that you and I are living in, it's very easy in the natural world to, to get discouraged. Are you kidding me? We've never been where we are right now. We've never been in a lockdown like this. We've never been in a place where we're told to put masks on and you can't enter unless you wear a mask. And then you have people looking at you. God forbid you cough, forbid you sneeze. Of course, it could have nothing whatsoever to do with COVID. But there's so much fear to, it to a point of being morbid. So it's a strange time that you and I are living in. It's a strange time where I cannot hug my brother and my sister unless they give me permission. I have to check with them. Are are you open to hugs? And I had people tell me straight up, thank God, most of them said, oh, yes, not a problem. But I've had some people tell me, no, oh, no. You stay at least 6 feet, 10 feet, 20 feet away from me. And these are the Christian set I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about the unbelievers. This is the Christian set, that they're so afraid. Wow. Where's our hope? Where's our expectation? And what happened to praying for the sick? What happened to laying hands on those that are not well, believing the Lord that they're going to recover by the blood that Jesus shed for us on Calvary's cross. For some people, that just flew out of the window. I am here to tell you tonight that Jesus Christ is our hope. He's our only hope, and he's a great hope. He's a great hope. Proverbs even said, in 23 and 18, surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. In the New Testament, Paul told the church at Rome, in Romans 15 and four, for whatever was written in foreign days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now, the good thing is that our Savior gave his life cross. He was sinless. He was blameless. He was guiltless. He gave his life as a sacrifice in place of your life, in place of my life, because you and I, we were guilty of sin. And the Bible tells us that the punishment for sin is death. Well, Jesus paid for what I did, the penalty for my sin. Jesus paid for the penalty of your sin. So he is our hope because of him and what he did for us on Calvary's cross. We don't have to go on a cross. We don't have to, to, to shed our blood and die. forgiveness of sins. And even if we were so foolish to try to do that, it would not be acceptable to God the Father. Because the only blood that could pay for the penalty of our sins, it had to be blood that was blameless. It had to be from an individual that had never sinned. And that person that paid for our sin was Jesus, because he's the only one, fully God, yet fully man, tempted with everything that you and I are tempted with, but did not yield, did not give in to temptation. And his blood was spotless. He was not created like how you and I were created. We were created from one man and one woman. He was birthed by the Holy Spirit that hovered over the Virgin Mary. So his whole beginning is very, very different and from me. You and I are born in sin. The Bible says we were shaped in iniquity. Jesus was not. So he's t- totally sinless because even when he walked on this earth fully God yet fully man, he had the ability to sin, oh yes he did because he was fully man he had the ability to turn his back on God oh yes he did but he did not do that he lived a holy life a sinless life and because of what he did he could pay the penalty for your sin and my sin and God the Father would accept his blood as a sacrifice for our sin. How wonderful is that? And so when we say that we look to Jesus, that's why we can look to Jesus because he paid what nobody else could pay. He did what nobody else could do. And he is like nobody else is. So in Christ, we have a hope in this life. If in Christ we have a hope in this life only, We're all people most to be pitied. See, you and I that are in Jesus Christ, we don't have hope just for this world, but we have hope beyond this world. I don't know when I'm going to leave this planet. I don't know when God's going to call my name. I don't know when God's going to call my number and say, okay, Pearl, that's enough. You're going to come with me now. I don't know when that day will be could be tonight, could be tomorrow, could be next year, could be another five years, 10 years, 20 years. I don't know. But I have to be ready. I don't even know what's going to happen as far as this whole world that we're all living in. This is not the typical 2020. We didn't think that 2020 was going to be like this. Not anybody listening to me knew that this was going to be the kind of world that we're living in right now. And so because we didn't know how this year was going to turn out, i got news for you. We don't know what's going to happen between now and the rest of this year. We don't know what's going to happen 2021. We don't know. But one thing we can know is that if we stay with Jesus, everything is going to be okay because Jesus is our hope. Hallelujah. Our hope. Is not in a vaccine. God forbid. Forbid that our hope is just in a vaccine. And I would just say this. uh, I would encourage you that are listening to my voice. Please, before you take a vaccine, please do your research and know everything that is contained in that vaccine. Do not take anything unless you know 100% what's contained in that and what will be the effects of that should you determine that you want to take it. Please. I just threw that in for free. But Jesus Christ is our hope. My hope is not a vaccine. My hope is not who's in the White House. My hope is not Okay, are we going to have to wear masks or are we not going to wear masks? Are we going to have the church open or are we not going to have the church open? Um, Am I going to be able to go back to work or am I not going back to work? My hope is built on Jesus Christ, and your hope must be built on Christ alone, on Christ alone. I want to read to you a verse. From Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Now, in this world, um, you know, we might have hope for certain things. They may come to pass. Uh, They they might come to fruition, some of them may not. But if your hope is only built, earthly things, you're in a very sad situation. Because these things down here are temporal. Again, look at where we are right now. Look at where we are right now. There is no guarantee And for those of you that are thinking, oh, well, I'll just write it out because things will be back to normal just the same way they were before, like back in 2019. You have no guarantee of that. I have no guarantee of that. To make sure that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. That's it. Other than that, we're on very shaky ground. But you and I can be on tremendous solid ground once our hope is in Christ. My goodness. No wonder the Apostle Paul could say, if, 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 if I, I live, it's okay. And if I die, it's even better. Now, for me personally, I don't feel ready for death right now. If God should take me, his will be done. I believe there's some things that he wants me to still do on planet Earth. And there might be some things that God wants you to do. But you cannot do it in a place of fear. You cannot be what God calls you to be in a place of timidity, in a place of being afraid. You have to have your eyes focused and fixed on Jesus Christ. Again, I'm going to read again, Ephesians 118, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Look at that. We all know that our hearts don't have physical eyes, but do you get the meaning? It's beautiful. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. We need to ask the Lord to help us to lift our hearts and lift our eyes so that we might put our hope Proudly fixed in no one else but Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you, For a reason, for the what? For the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Not like you're big and you're bad and you're better than somebody else. But I tell you, you and I that belong to Jesus, we're in a whole different dimension. We are seated in heavenly places with Jesus. We might be physically living down here, but you and I are in another place. I want to read that to you again. And so maybe the spirit of the Lord will give you greater revelation and a rain of word as I read that. But in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord. Honor him as holy. You know, the woke, but the woke, this new woke church, the new emergent church, the progressive church, they don't honor Christ, the Lord, as holy. They honor their their flesh and what they desire as holy. They're not prepared to, to, to make a defense. To anyone that asks for a reason for the hope that is in them. No, because number one, the woke church is telling people that are bound in sin, you remain bound in perverse sin and still be a full fledged Christian. You don't have to stop doing the filth, the muck, and the mire. You don't have to stop from that. You can continue to do those things that God abhors. You can continue to live a life that God says, I cannot even look at it. No, you can continue to do that according to the woke church. You can continue to do that to be a Christian, but no, that is a lie. You cannot. There is no freedom there. There is no liberation there. That poor individual is still bound to their sin. There's no transformation in the woke church. There's truly no justice for the sinner in the woke church. They remain in their sin, only now they're worse off because they're given a lie to think that they can make heaven their home. And so they're given false hope but you and I have Jesus. He sheds his light in our hearts. He sheds his light. He says, I am the light of the world. Follow me and you will never walk in darkness. This is the hope. Wow. You and I will never have to walk in darkness. That means no matter how dark this world becomes, the society, the culture, you and I don't have to walk in darkness. We're in the light of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. How wonderful is that? How, how liberating is that? What a hope. Our hope is beyond the grave. Our hope is so far beyond the grave. When we step from life into death as Christians, as people that are blood washed by the blood of the Lamb that Jesus shed on Calvary for for the forgiveness of our sins, for the healing of our bodies, for the deliverance of our minds and our emotions, when we step from life into death, then we step from death into eternal life. We've already got eternal life, by the way. Anybody who gives their life to Jesus is already that is moving and and working and walking in eternal life. We have life everlasting right now. But when we close our eyes in death, if that should happen, then immediately we're in the presence of the Lord. That's the hope of every believer. We're not suspended in some place animated. We're with the Lord. We're with Jesus. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What a hope. We're with the Lord where there is no more virus. There's no more sickness. There's no more need for any of this junk. No more mask. No more stand down, shut in, quarantine. No. No. We have a hope. But I've got news for you. Even right now, I have a hope. And people that truly believe God and believe his word, they also have a hope. They're not living in fear. I'm not living in fear even right now because I have a hope. And my hope is Jesus Christ. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I I want to pray that if you don't know the Lord, you will come to know the Lord. And if you know the Lord, that you will wake up. Wake up. Walk into your God-given destiny. Your life is not directed by a virus. Your life should be directed by Jesus. Your life's not even directed by, you know, all of the different causes that everybody else has. Make sure that you have the cause that Christ gives you. That you care and are passionate about what he puts in your heart and what he's passionate about and what he cares about. That's what you should care about as a believer. If you don't know the Lord, please repeat after me. I cannot save you. I'm only a person, a sinner that was saved by grace just like you. So, but I can lead you in a prayer. And if you follow I am saying, if you repeat after me and you believe that what I'm saying is what you want to say, then you will be saved if you believe in your heart. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you. I know that I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus and give me a heart to follow you. Stay on. I turn my back to sin. I turn my eyes towards you. I ask you to come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit And you be the Lord and Savior of my life. Father, God, I pray for everybody that has prayed that prayer. I thank you that if they prayed that in sincerity and they believe that you raised Jesus Christ from the dead, I believe that they are a man and a woman of God. And, Father, I bless my brothers and sisters that already have Known you and have been following you and serving you, God, please help us to keep our eyes very fixed on the fact that you are our only hope. And that's enough. We don't need any more than you. We have everything that we need if we have you. Help us by your, the power of your Holy Spirit, oh God, to live victoriously and to help others. Bless us and help us. It be a blessing to everybody we come in contact with, especially in these days when people are so confused and so looking for the answer. We have the answer because we have Jesus. God bless you. Sister Pearl loves you. Until the next time, walk with the King and be a tremendous blessing. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.